0: Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. We're a community-driven church based in Charlotte, North Carolina, and invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. For more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co. Man, the Lord's going to speak tonight. I hope you've got something to take notes with. You're going to need it. First of all, I was sitting here worshiping, and the Lord said this. The latter rain's going to be greater than the first. The latter rain's going to be better, better than the first. What does that mean? Well, that means he's going to pour out his spirit at a greater amount. It, it's going to be more effective than when he first poured it out. The latter rain's better than the first. It's going to be, in the end, your generation, I think this generation, this generation, for the most part some over here this generation this young generation the lord's going to use in an incredible way in a way that he's going to pour his spirit on that he's never done before i, I i'm telling you man this is it's going to be incredible to see what god does here in the, in the near future, and in the, I'm, I'm telling you that because he's just he's opening things up to people like he never has before. Have you ever read a scripture or had this truth that was in your heart that you knew was true? You went, yeah, I know, I, I get that. I've heard that. Yeah, I've read that. Yeah, I get that. I'm, I'm, you know, I under, I understand that. But all of a sudden, God unfolds it and shows you its bigness. I mean, it just it expands. It gets bigger. It gets. It gets I mean it gets volumes bigger, I mean it doesn't get a little bit bigger, it gets like from here to the moon bigger, I mean just like holy cow, yeah, I thought I got it, but now this is really big. there are two things, two camps I want you to see tonight where I feel like the Lord has just done that in my life in the last months, and so you're getting it like the first one we were at at richard allen and I have been at a uh at a Catholic training center for uh, prayer ministry that we just wanted to check out. I got a buddy of mine that passes a church in Charleston and he recommended that she come see me. And she came and I really liked her. The Spirit of the Lord was on this Catholic and anytime I see the Spirit of God that strong on a Catholic woman I'm going to go find out what in the world she's doing. And so I went and checked it out and this, she was ama- she's amazing. She'll, you guys will meet her. She'll be, she'll, she'll be here. You'll meet her. And... um Anyhow, just just an incredible time. Anyhow, this training session we had through this Catholic organization, through Catholic people, they had this this term that they said, and I I was like, whoa! So turn with me to Ephesians first, and we'll just read it real quickly. Turn with me real quick to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 5. Well, I'll tell you what, let's go to verse 3, and then we'll make it to verse 5. I'll wait on you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Say that with me. With every spiritual blessing. He has blessed me, say that, he has blessed me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. How? In Christ. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons to who? The Father How? By Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of his will. And so we're adopted. That's just one place that God talks about us being adopted. Now, I understand adoption, but then when you turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 17, Romans chapter 8, verse 17, so it's going to be a Bible quiz tonight, y'all. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him. We're joint heirs with Christ. And to understand what this passage of Scripture really means, you've got to get to the nuts and bolts of what it meant to be an heir in Jewish culture. If you're firstborn with Jesus, it's the firstborn to raise from the dead, Right? Y'all tracking with me? He's the firstborn to raise from the dead. Who's going to be the secondborn? I guess that'll be, you know, whoever raises next. But he is the one who was raised from the dead. And he (coughs) we are co heirs with Christ. The firstborn is the one who gets the double portion of the inheritance. And I just read with you in Ephesians that we are are adopted into the body of Christ. We are children of God. And I understand that. I I mean, it's like children of God. Okay, that's cool. We're adopted. We're co-heirs. We have the same, we're co-heirs. We have the same inheritance as Christ. Co-heirs. Huh? Now what's this going I'm really going to mess you up how you view yourself tonight I, I pray Lord Jesus, mess us up how we see ourselves may the veil be lifted and may we understand who you created us to be in Jesus name amen children adopted this is what she said she said in this video this Catholic influenced woman <laughs> said we're We are adopted into the Trinity. You've heard me say this. This is wearing me out. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, family of God. We've been adopted into the family of God. We are co-heirs with Christ. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places is yours and mine. Everything. So what the heck are we doing? We've got this so backward mindset of who we are and what we're to be doing while we're here. And I love our nation. I love this country. But it makes us greedy. And so I tie this adoption thing (laughs) with thing number two. Seek you first the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he'll add all these things to you, right? Y'all with me? I got to get a Kleenex somewhere. Thank you, baby. You got them all over here. You're hiding them. Sorry for my cold, y'all. Thank you, buddy. At least I could talk today. Maybe y'all, you know, Liz's prayer didn't last but so long. She prayed that the Lord would silence that man just for a few days. So, yeah, so, 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 all right. Adoption is one. The second one is this kingdom thing. And when we think that, what we think is I've got to go towards the kingdom. I've got to go towards the kingdom. And that is not how you seek first the kingdom. You don't go towards it. Jesus brought it to you. He gave it to you. That's what you establish yourself on is the kingdom. You go from kingdom. You seek to take or carry the kingdom wherever you go. Seek first the kingdom happening all around you, and I'll add all this stuff to you. I'll show you stuff. I'll give you stuff. I'll I'll bring kingdom stuff to you. How? Bring kingdom. Seek kingdom. Jesus did it all. It's already all yours. Every spiritual blessing in the kingdom is yours. You're a co-heir with Christ. Right? What are we doing? We're, We're still trying to mess with us. We're trying to still fix ourselves. Fix me, God. And that's our thinking. That's how we think we're going to bring kingdom. And that's not how you bring kingdom. You seek. To bring the kingdom forward, as God tells you, and you'll see it just a minute. And I'm going to tell you right now, you'll begin to look like kingdom. You know, you cannot bring anything that's not in you. And the kingdom of heaven is where? It's in you. It's in me. The kingdom of heaven is in us. So small. We make ourselves look so small. (laughs) <laughs> now that I've gotten you off track let me get you off track some more there's a, there's a verse that I've just been studying and just pondering and going what the heck why have I thought that about that verse all this time you must increase and I must I must decrease and you must increase and we pray that as if we're praying a humble prayer Lord I You must increase and I must decrease. And you know what the Lord's saying to that? Uh Uh-uh. That's stinking thinking. That's bad thinking. Don't do that. We're thinking, what do you mean don't do that? If you decrease, who's going to do the work of the kingdom? If you think you're not worth anything, who's going to do the work of the kingdom? you think it's all, oh, I'm just an old sucky, baby. <laughs> you know, I'm not worth much. I'm not worth two cents. But praise God, I'm saved. Jesus is in me. I'm doing good. What kind of good is that for kingdom? You need to be saying, hey, I'm a son of the most high God. Every spiritual blessing that is in heaven is in me. The kingdom of heaven lives within me. Not only that, I have the ability to take the kingdom of God everywhere I go. Because why? Because I am a kingdom carrier. I need to carry the kingdom of God. I don't need to decrease. I need to increase. I need to get rid of the sin. But God didn't make a mistake with me. He didn't make a mistake with you. He likes you. You're not a piece of junk. You're not just a, you're not a mistake. We think that about ourselves, that we're just nothing. We're, ugh, who, where's that come from? That comes from hell. And Jesus says this, don't, don't decrease, increase. Get rid of the sin, just, just increase me with you. I like you. I created you for relationship. You've been adopted into the Trinity, for heaven's sakes. Act like it. Isn't that good? Man, that's what the Lord's saying to me. Y'all just having to get it. Y'all just getting it with me. Act like it, Alex. Act like it. Act like every spiritual blessing. Act like you could change the world. That's what the church has to buy into if we're really going to change this place. Do you know, man, listen to me, this is such a political climate and this is going out on the web, I'm glad it is. Do you know that, that Jesus never told his disciples, now we really need to overthrow the government of Rome because it's really, you know, it's crooked. They weren't concerned about the government. They were concerned about the character of the people to be Christ like so that they could influence morality in the world so that it would change the character of the government. Yeah. Right. Maybe, but if not, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yeah. And anyhow, so let's go back to this. I'm adopted and I want to come from kingdom. Instead of go to kingdom. Let me, let me show you this. It's in Mark chapter 4. There's two places that Jesus talks about it. It's a story of Jesus and the storm. There's two, two places in Mark, so it's happening twice. He says, on the same day, which is the day that he went through all the peril, uh, you know, just preached on the, on the side of the mountain, Where we get all the Beatitudes and all that kind of thing. Then on that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also there with him, following him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea, and he said, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can... Who 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 can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now, I've read that story a thousand times if I've read it once. And then when I began to understand who he was and who I was in him, I read it again the other day, and it just it it, it blew up all over me. First of all, Jesus does this a couple of times, and he walks on water. You know, he walks on water. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think he's just showing off when he's doing this? you think Jesus is just showing off when he stops the storm? Or do you think he might be actually trying to teach his disciples something? He's trying to teach his disciples how to be kingdom carriers. He's teaching them how to do the works of the ministry. Now there's a storm in the boat and and there's water that's going over the sides of the boat that's beginning to fill the boat up with water. And, and the disciples see Jesus in the front of the boat and he's sleeping. Now let me ask you a question. Do you think he might be at peace because he's full of faith asleep in the front of a boat or you think he's just exhausted and he couldn't wake up? Do you think maybe there's peace? He's filled with peace at the front of the boat. Why? Because he's kingdom-minded. He's not concerned about what's going on. He knows that he has authority over everything on earth, right? He knows who he is. Well, what do the disciples do? The disciples say, Jesus, we're in a storm. The storms are washing over the boat. So when the disciples are talking to Jesus, what are they doing? What is it when you converse with God? What is it? When you converse with God. Well, so what were the disciples doing? Praying. Well, how did Jesus respond, O ye of little faith? When they were in the storm, they called, Jesus, we're in a storm. And he said, Why are you afraid? O ye of little faith. We're going to see something else here in just a minute. But what did he say? He said to the storm, the same thing that he was experienced in the front of the boat. Peace, be still. What was in him, he spoke because kingdom was in him. Peace I give to you, not like the world gives. I give you this peace. Why? Because it's kingdom. Every spiritual blessing in heavenly places is yours. It's available to you. It was made available to you at the cross. Why aren't you walking in it? Why aren't I walking in it? Where's the gap? The gap is the same gap that Jesus is trying to teach the disciples as he's walking down this road. He says, you need to understand who you are and what authority I've given you and what you're you're to be about. And so he's basically saying... You speak to it. Now, if you'll go back and you'll you'll look here in just a moment where Jesus walks on the water, he feeds the 5,000, right? And they're up on the shore. Now, I want you to look at this. This all happens in a row right here in Mark. You you go through Mark and you read 4, 5, and 6. They're up on the mountainside and they feed the 5,000. And the disciples come to him and say, Jesus, we need to let these people go home. There's there's 5,000 men, not counting kids and women. We need to let them go home. And Jesus said, no, feed them. And he says, they said, well, what are we going to do? We we ain't got money. We can't go buy. He says, you feed them. What's he trying to do? He's trying to teach them that they have authority. That's what he's really trying to teach them, that you have authority in this situation. Now, that's interesting. I just got a, a text message today. From a pastor, this is Charleston, that says he's got a pastor from Africa in his church that was murdered and raised from the dead. I would like to be in that meeting. I would like to be there tonight. There's a, uh, there was a report I read last week on CNN. Now, y'all track with me because this all matters. I'm going to bring it all together. There was a report on CNN that there was this dude that had a brain trauma in a car accident. Now listen to this, this is incredible. When he was in the brain trauma, he had this brain trauma, he was in this car accident, this major car accident. When he woke up, when he gained consciousness, he began to speak Spanish as if he were from a Latin American country. He had the accent and everything, and he'd only taken like Spanish 1. I mean, he could count, uno, dos, tres, you know. He could count, but he couldn't do it with a Spanish accent, and he couldn't speak it fluently. He could not speak English and he could speak spanish fluently with an accent from a from a uh, uh uh that type of country and as he began to progress his brain began to he began to speak more english and then he got back to his more cityfied and it was a african american man uh, uh, from from the city so he was as far as from that type of accent that you could get i mean there were two How did that happen? There's so much in your brain. The language had to be already in the brain. The part that we can't use, it had to be already there. Tower of Babel, God confuses all the languages. They begin to speak those languages automatically. You think God could have turned some language on? To turn, you know, He could have just begin to use different parts of the brain. I mean, you, God is the creator of our bodies, and what is, I'm trying to get at this so it doesn't sound so stupid. You've got more capacity to do stuff with your scientific self than you recognize. And if you'll begin to utilize everything God gave you, it's going to be unbelievable what could transpire you know if you if you remember uh a carolina leaf Dr. Carolina Leaf that brain scientist came she talked about how you could reprogram all the nervous all the uh nerve endings in your brain so that you begin to use new pathways you start putting the word of God in you speaking the word of God and everything in your brain changes you begin to produce different chemicals and you begin to heal your body there there is a ton of research that says that how you think makes your health different. Now, do you think that's coincidence, or do you think that's God? You see, what well, we try to we separate that, and it shouldn't be separated. We've got to understand that it's the Word of God that does it. All we're doing is lining up with the Word. And so Jesus is saying to these disciples and us as a church, I've made this all available to you. You've got to begin being kingdom carriers, speaking the word of God wherever you go. You feed the kids. You calm the storm. Why? Because the storm overtaking this ship is not kingdom. And if it's not kingdom, you can be sure that you have the authority to speak to it. You can speak to something that's not kingdom as if the kingdom should have authority over it. Right? That's what God set the church in to do and that's what he wants me and you to do is to begin to speak the kingdom into things. And let me just tell you a little bit about John the Baptist and Jesus. When, when John the Baptist said, I must decrease and you must increase, there was something that, going on and we quote that and convince ourselves and program our minds in such a way that it makes us less than, and we don't, we, we, we don't uh, utilize what's available. It's not the power of positive thinking. There's nothing wrong with positive thinking. It's kingdom thinking. And there's a difference between positive thinking and kingdom thinking. This is saying that, you know, what John was saying is, listen, I'm closing out the Old Testament. You know, I, I'm the forerunner of the Christ. I have done my forerunning. I've got now it's time for me to decrease. He's gonna increase. What John did was pass the baton right. to Jesus. He went like this, it's it's yours, you take it, I've I've prepared the way, I've done what God sent me to do, the Father sent me to do, now you go do your part, and Jesus grabbed the baton, and he ran and he did his part, what was Jesus' part? Jesus' part was to teach the church how to bring the kingdom, and he did everything with his disciples to teach them how to bring the kingdom, right? Right? And then in Matthew chapter 24, he says, Listen, you go wait. I'm going to send you the power that all this stuff you've learned, you're going to be able to go do. And greater works will you do than I did. Right? What did Jesus do? He's passing the baton to you. He's passing the baton to me. And he's saying, You go do this. What? Bring the kingdom. You have authority on earth. God, God in the garden, he walked with you, Adam. He walked with man. He loves man. He created man for relationship. You're not a piece of junk, a broken down piece of useless flesh. That is not who you are. You're adopted into the Trinity. Say that. I am adopted into the Trinity. Say it louder. I am adopted into the Trinity. I don't even need to go to the second one. Second one's in chapter six. Yeah, I do. (laughs) Chapter six. Verse 45. He feeds the 5,000. He has just found out that John the Baptist is beheaded. He fed 5,000 people after he found out. And then he goes to the mountaintop because he's mourning John the Baptist's death and he sends his disciples on. He said, Immediately Jesus made his disciples. Get in the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethshada. While he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land. Then he saw them straining and rowing. Where did he see him? He saw them in the spirit, for the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, which was between three and six in the morning, He came to them walking on water and would have passed them by. I want you to circle that in your Bibles and would have passed them by. What did he tell them to do? What did he tell them to do? Get in the boat, go to the other side. Get in the boat, go to the other side. What were they supposed to be doing? Going to the other side. Well, there's a storm came. They just experienced it in chapter 4. And they didn't learn nothing. Now when the evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea and it was alone on the land. They saw the straining of the row in the middle of the night and when he saw them, he almost walked by and they saw him walking on the sea and they supposed it was a ghost and they cried out. They don't have a clue. For they all saw him and were troubled, but immediately he talked with them and said, Be of good cheer, boys. <laughs> it's I. Don't be afraid. And then he went up into the boat, and, and the wind ceased immediately. And they were greatly amazed at themselves beyond measure, and marveled. Look at what it says, for they did not understand about the loaves. They, they, they're, not, they're not learning, they're, they're not getting it. It's just missing it. In Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2, Jesus said, I'm going to send you some power, and when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you're going to be able to work. You're going to be able to do what I've called you to do. I'm going to empower the church. And if you'll read Acts, listen, I want you to be encouraged. If you'll read Acts, you'll see a man, Peter, who didn't have a clue. You'll see him go from a man who denied Christ, who stuck his foot in his mouth more than most of us do, and was changed to a place where he preaches the most incredible message as soon as he gets filled with the Holy Spirit. What was that verse the other day? This is not in the sermon, but it's going to be. That verse you read to me two days ago about um, Saul. Not, no, uh, was it Solomon or Saul? It was Saul, yeah, it was Saul. You got it? Can you read it to us? We have nine minutes. Israel has demanded a king um, and Saul is chosen and in the beginning says then the spirit of the Lord will come upon you Saul and you will prophesy with them and be turned into another man and then on down it says so it was when he had turned his back to go from Samuel that God gave him Saul another heart and all those signs came to pass that day And there were people against Saul that said, but some rebels said, how can this man save us? So they despised him and brought him no no presents, but he, Saul, held his peace. He made him into another man. When you are born again, if you know Jesus and you're born again, you are made into a new man or a new woman. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you've got the power to activate the kingdom. And Jesus is saying, I've, given, I've been given the keys, and I give you the keys. You're going to do more than I ever did. Alex, you're going to do more than I ever did. What? Why? Because you're adopted into the Trinity. Because you're a co-heir with Christ. Because it is finished on the cross. I did what I needed to do so that you could be right with the Father. So we could be in relationship. I don't need you to decrease. I need you to increase. I need you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I need you to bring the kingdom to the earth. I need you to go out and anything that is not kingdom, rebuke it in Jesus' name. And then begin to, as you see things, begin to speak the kingdom into those things. When you see sickness, you can be sure that you can speak healing because healing is kingdom. And you're not required for it to be. You don't have to manipulate anything. You speak kingdom to it. You speak kingdom to it. Everywhere you go, you speak kingdom. When you have a thought. That's not kingdom. You bring that thought captive and you say, I rebuke that thought. That's not kingdom. That is the antichrist spirit. And I'm going to bring that to subjection to the kingdom. And this is what the kingdom of God says about me and about this thing. Now listen, if you're not living in peace, there's peace in the kingdom. And you can't speak peace if you don't have peace and be effective. The first thing you've got to do is be transformed by the renewing of your mind and and then by beginning to rebuke your own way of thinking and your own way of doing. When you know that you're not lining up with kingdom, you need to speak that kingdom into your life and rebuke those thoughts. Now, that is not name it and claim it. That's not name it claim it, and that is not the power of positive thinking. That's the power of kingdom thinking that is speaking the kingdom into it and expecting it to happen. Why? Because God wants kingdom to advance. Now listen to this. In, in, um, in uh, Matthew chapter 11, there's this picture that sometimes in the kingdom, the, the, it's violent. And in chapter 11, verse 12, what it's talking about is that hell comes at you violently. But it also has the impression that you proclaim as a believer, you proclaim kingdom back at it violently. In other words, you're not going to skip through life without this violent oppression of hell trying to come at you where you don't have to begin to deal with those things, but As a believer, you've got to begin to command the kingdom. Seek first that kingdom in that thing. I'm going to speak kingdom into this. I'm not settling for hell in this. Kingdom's going to come here. If I have to take it by force, kingdom's coming here. I speak kingdom. I believe kingdom. I am an heir of Christ. I'm a son of God. I have all the benefits of heaven. It's mine. And I am standing on it in Jesus' name. He paid the price. I'm not accepting anything other than that. Period. Period. And then watch him add. Watch him add. You start taking ground back. And then you start taking ground for other people. That's the kingdom. That's how the church is going to win. If the church doesn't learn how to do this, we're not going to win. The church has been idly laying by long enough. God is saying to the church, awake, old sleeper, and begin to do your job. What's your job? Bring kingdom. Speak kingdom. Take authority over things. Rebuke those things of hell. When you see two friends hating one another that you love that are about to go through divorce, you don't need to you don't need to appease them or empathize with them. You need to begin to speak kingdom over them. Not in a judgment way, but just say, you know, man, I just I just pray blessing on your marriage. I pray that the kingdom of heaven would begin to come. I pray that you and your husband would begin to have revelation knowledge of the ways of God. I would pray that you would understand the love of Jesus in your life and that that you would begin to express that same love that you feel for him in that relationship. And as you go, that he would bring healing and help and you would experience marriage like you dreamed of when you were a kid. And you just don't accept the garbage that Satan's trying to bring. Right. We bring health. We can bring kingdom. And I just sit back and listen to it. I'll be honest with you. I'm ashamed of myself sometimes. I, God's really just opened my eyes and, and, and to attack with love. Not with judgment. Not where they feel like they're less than me. Man, I, I'm the chiefest sinner. In the bunch. Paul didn't have nothing. And I'm not bragging about that. I'm just saying I can identify with that. But I haven't spoken life over it. And then, and then I go home, and this is what I this is what I do. Hey, Michael, did you you know so and so? Uh you, you remember so and so and so and so? I think they're splitting up, man. Are they? Yeah, isn't that terrible? Bless their hearts. What? You do it too. The Lord says no. Attack. Yes. Go get that thing. That, that's not kingdom. You have authority. Speak kingdom into that thing. Y'all begin to pray and take that ground back. Are you doing that? That's what this church gotta be. Come, we got to be that. We've got to be people who pray and take things back. Man, I just think God's given us power. Robert, you see it all the time. And we fail. You don't see people move in things of God. But that don't matter. Don't grow weary doing well. Keep on doing the right thing. Keep on praying kingdom. Man, don't look to me to do it. It's not my job. I'm doing my job. (laughs) Y'all know I don't believe that totally, but I do believe it a little bit. My job is to train you to do the works of the ministry. But I can't train you to do the works of the ministry unless I'm doing them myself. So i got to show you how to do the works of the ministry. But that is my job. Man, guys, we can see hell just falling. But the first thing we got to do is, is bust hell up in ourselves we got to begin to attack and speak kingdom into our lives, the things that we're missing it on. I see us doing that. Let's just get more aggressive doing it. Let's not take it so long. Let's shorten the time frame it takes to get healthy. And when God gives us information that we actually do something about it, but it's the focus that's not inward. God wants to sozo you. You've been a believer. If you're in this room, Most likely, you've been a believer long enough to get healthy. Get healthy. (laughs) Rebuke the enemy, speak kingdom, and let's go. Because it ain't about you. The only thing that should be about you is... I once was like that, but I met a Savior. I touched the hem of his garment, and he healed me, and I'm no longer sick. I've been healed. Dr. Joe's got a book coming out called Healed. It'll be out. We'll have it Sunday, won't we, Joe? Next Sunday, two weeks. I've been healed. I went through a horrible divorce. I was healed. I had an abortion when I was 17, but I'm going down to the love life and I'm going to intercede for on behalf of those who are thinking that thought right this minute so that kingdom can come and just maybe a life can be saved. I've been healed. Be healed and then go make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So they become adopted into the Trinity. Gosh, man. Sozo healed totally. Yes. Let's stand for closing prayer. I'm three minutes over. It's because Michael took all my staking time. Did y'all hear that? Did y'all hear me or did I just preach to the wall? Are you challenged? Yes. Is it truth? Yes. It's, urgent. <laughs> it's urgent. It's urgent. It is urgent. It's urgent. It's urgent Urgent in your life. And it's, this, it's the hope of a nation. Jesus. I just got a vision of spider webs. Maybe it's because I live in the country and I see them all the time. I just feel like there's you know it's like spider webs above above you this this that the way of thinking of the kingdom is not able to penetrate because it's getting caught up in the web that you weave or that the world weaves or that and it's all about thinking who you think you are and how you what you think is right thinking it's always a challenge for me if you want to know what my biggest challenge is my biggest challenge is to make sure that I don't think that my way of thinking is God's way of thinking that's my biggest challenge Lord I don't want to think that my thinking is your way of thinking if I'm off base I want you to expand my way of thinking and show me where I'm not thinking like you're thinking because there's so many places where I could err and just miss it totally. And God is saying to this church, I think he's saying to the church, period, remove the things which would hinder you from experiencing the fullness of the kingdom, the possibilities of the kingdom, which have nothing to do with riches, or position or popularity how could you be more popular than adopted into the trinity so father help us have right thinking Clear the cobwebs. Let us not be distracted or fooled by the information that we intake every day. The media and the and, and the worldliness that would identify and try to define who we are. But we, oh God, would be kingdom people. Realizing the fact that you passed the baton to us and said about us that we would do greater works than what you did. Father, that's not... I, I You know, for so long, God, I just thought it was preachers trying to make money that preached that message. But now I'm just believing, God, that it's your plan. you would use an ordinary man to do the miraculous and to change the world one person at a time one encounter at a time one conversation at a time one rebuke of hellish forces at a time one proclamation of the kingdom at a time Place where these two doors as we leave be the boundary of where we keep this message or that's not the boundary that's the entry let that be the entry God where this begins to move out and we take things by force by proclaiming kingdom over it help us know your kingdom help us proclaim it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the East Side Church Podcast. If you have any questions or need more information, visit our website, eastsidechurch.co.